Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to On The Ball. Well, this, I guess, should probably be called On The Ball Extra. Um, that's because earlier this week we recorded a special episode on the podcast all about the Stuart Webber years, uh, episode 140. Hopefully you'll have already listened to, to that, but if you haven't, then then obviously go back and listen. Um, all four of us described it as the best thing any of us had ever done. So, um, yeah, well worth your time. Um for that, we had prepared our own best and worst signings of the Weber era, prompted by a question uh, from a listener on Twitter and um, from our own Ryan Livermore. So basically from the summer transfer window of 2017 onwards. However, as you might expect when you put four Norwich City nerds in a room to discuss signings, the, the conversation overran a bit and it made an already pretty long podcast even longer so what we've essentially put together for you here is what i would describe as a prime slice of on the ball goodness um in which dan brigham ryan livermore michael bailey and i go through pretty much every norwich city player in the last seven years or so to form a best 11 signings and a worst 11 signings um sort of in the latter case we kind of got lost towards the end so it's kind of like a special podcast of the special podcast um, you're starting to realise why it overran now with this intro. Hopefully it sounds vaguely coherent, but uh, we think you'll like it. Otherwise, we'd have probably just binned it off. Um, so, yes, on that note, enjoy. Reese asks, transfer-wise, did he have more misses than hits? Michael has actually done this, so I'm going to plug his piece on The Athletic, which was before oh, the most save recent... save me a job. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> what, what else am I here for? Uh, prior to the most recent transfer window, it was 21 hits to 30 misses, um, and two of those hits were Dennis Sreveni and Brandon Williams. So make of that what you want. Maybe, maybe all the ones... Even I don't agree with my hit. piece anymore. <laughs> I don't agree with that anymore. <laughs> it's an interesting interpretation of the word hit. Um, but also Tom has asked um, if well, he, he said he'd be interested in a rundown of the five best Weber signings and the five worst. Well, we're going to go one better than that um, or even six better than that with a, a, an attempt to do an 11, um, which Ryan has kind of orchestrated. Um, so, I mean, we might as well, we might as well start with the best, right? Um, and we're going to go position through position. So, I guess we would probably all be agreed on the goalkeeper. Yeah, I I, I have Tim Krull as my as a my few. goalkeeper. Okay, great. Tim <laughs> yeah, Tim Krull. Angus Gunn, have... Gun, a decent second. Full Scottish yeah. international now. He sort of took two bites at it, but yeah, Tim. Yeah, got to be. Tim. Do we know what formation we're doing? Oh, that's a very good question. Well, I've gone with a classic four-two-three-one, Brian. Yeah, I went for four-two-three-one. Well, a loose four-two-three-one because I found loose. myself 
struggling to fit certain players in in certain positions. But I figured that was probably the formation that was used most under Stuart Webber's tenure. So we'll be going with that as like the the base. If not, it's a bit fluid, if nothing else. Yes, and we've struggled I've, to fit I've, players uh, in positions lately. So uh, we might as well stick with that, Gondan. Controversially gone for four two three one for best, and but four three three for for worst, just to fit players in. <laughs> okay, I've gone four two three one for worst as well, but again, everyone's out of position, so um, we, we'll we'll come on to uh, come on to that. So back four, um, shall I? Should we start with centre halves? Because I feel there's probably going to be a general consensus there as well. Mm-hmm. Go on, Michael. Yeah. Who did you have? Uh, oh, I had. Uh, Christoph Zuman and Grant Hanley. It's, it's yeah, ex- exactly. There's nodding. So, there yeah, is nodding. Fun. So I think I think we're we're going Zimbo and Hanley, uh, despite the fact that you said that Zimmerman's not a Norwich legend, Michael. But we'll move on. Um, right back. Oh, yeah, um, they can be both. They can be both. Right. <laughs> Maybe we just haven't signed a good centre half. Well, right you know, back. Gibson, is... Gibson pushes that relatively close, but yes. uh, just for the promotion season in in lockdown, he was he was excellent. So you know, it wasn't. It wasn't an easy decision necessarily. For I, me, I was anyway. I was a bit stuck on Hanley. Yeah, I'd, it was between Gibson and Hanley. I are would we say. are we allowed oh, loan Gibson but not permanent Gibson? Is that, <laughs> yeah. that are they allowed to be two separate <laughs> things? Um, I, I'm a, I'm very no. much a Gibson defender. Um, right back is tough, right? Because Max Aarons has played pretty much well, not if not every game, but the majority of games in the Weber era. So uh, Ryan, who did you? Who did you plump for there? And let's see if we can get him. This is the one where I feel like there's only really one answer, not because he was so good, but because there's only really one right back they've brought in who's played or not been complete dross. So I've gone for Sam Byram as my right back. Oh, see, I haven't. I, oh, I really? have. I've, I've also gone for Sam Byram. Okay. Um, to me, Byram I still, is... I, I, I still think, sorry, I still think, and this isn't, the sole reason for it, but I still think his performance against Man City in the nineteen twenty season is one of the best fullback performances I've seen at Carrow Road. And that's fair. excellent that day. That I mean fair. I've only I don't just realised the reason I haven't is because I've put him as my sort of secondary note on at left back, which he hadn't even played. Yeah. <laughs> until he came to Norwich. So I mean I, I think if it wasn't for the injuries, Sam Byron was probably the one of the few Premier League quality players still at the club yeah. uh, when they got relegated. I, I've actually written in Bali, Mumba, mainly because um, he didn't arrive as a right back and they somehow managed to get a million quid from him from that point, which maybe should have been more as well. <laughs> but um, but maybe, maybe it should be Sam. What did you put then, Steve? I had a sort of protest vote for Mumba. I just, I couldn't bring myself to put Byron just because I, I don't, think you can have someone that's been injured for two years after you signed them as your best right back but I am happy to uh to to kind of come down on the side I think that's being harsh because when he has played he he, well when he did play he was always very solid so I'm happy that Uh, we go Byron just right back just a reflection on Max Aarons' excellence yeah it really is yeah but the man the man the Man City game is a great shout and also he was like seven seven yeah he he wasn't he wasn't much and and I wonder if we do this in a couple of years time whether it might be Kellen Fisher I don't know if I'm bigging him up too much but um can you be better than Sam Byron that's a that's a a bar to to jump over um should we move to left back because I don't know if we're going to get a consensus here either but um I was going to come to you Dan as you take a sip of uh drink who did who did (laughs) you have I thought there were only two choices, which was Yanulis or Kintia, and I went for Yanulis. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I'm I, I'm agreeing with that. Uh, oh, Steve, you're are you not? I went Kintia because I just think your new list we paid six seven million for, and I just don't think we've seen the value in that. I definitely think he's a better fullback, but I think when you take into consideration we needed him to be good in the Premier League, that's what he was signed for, and he simply wasn't. I think. The problem with Dimmy is none of his head coaches seem to trust him. Mm, <laughs> like, that, he always yeah. seems to be the one who gets hooked, which maybe that's fair. I don't know. But I, I just, I, I think he's been a bit undone by that. I wouldn't necessarily pin it on him. I always, I always find it frustrating with Dimmy because he'll have a couple months where he's absolutely fantastic. And then a few weeks later, I, I still think he would be wonderful in the team that plays with three center halves where he can really just, yeah, stay as high as he wants the whole time, and then has someone to kind of share that defensive responsibility yep. with as well. Although we are famously always terrible with three at the back, so um, yeah, maybe maybe the formation. I'm, again, I'm happy to uh, to concede on that one as it's three against one. Um, moving to centre midfield, um, I mean, it would be hilarious if we ended up with uh, Kenny McLean and Gabriel Sarah here. But um, Michael, I'll, uh, I'll come to you first on this one. Who are your well, assuming we are sticking with that four-two-three, and who are your two? holding players oh, you can't uh, you can't have gabby sour in he's like a 10 million pound player in the championship i'm not having that at all um personally as good mm. as he's been um so there that's that uh <laughs> well they couldn't really well they couldn't actually probably really play together because neither of them are a holding midfielder and they have a major issue but i've got uh mario vrancic and kenny mclean kenny has to be in there for his longevity and his consistency um it's not his fault when the rest of the teams kind of drop below his level <laughs> at times. Um, and I, I love Mario. I, th I think Mario was undone of a few Premier League performances as well. I, th I think he should have been used much more. So, yeah. Dan, I can sense you twitching at the lack of a centre. Whether he should be in that holding position. midfielder there. That's uh, the problem. <laughs> yeah. Position. Uh, not, I mean, it, this is probably the most competitive mm. uh, part of the pitch, especially... That, that sort of box-to-box -box midfielder. So I've not gone Nunez, I've not gone Vrancic, I've not gone Leitner, not gone Kenny, even though they all have really good shouts individually. I've gone Sarah there because I just think he is essentially the best bits of Vrancic and Leitner and Kenny put together. Um, we have spent a lot of money on him, but he's also a very good footballer um, and is probably one of the few Premier League class footballers we've got. And I've gone Skip next to him as well. Because we've seen how good Sarah is, but imagine how much better he would be with an actual holding midfielder alongside him as well. With a big shout out to Tom Tribal as well, who mm. was a really good cheap signing uh, in the days when we bought defensive midfielders. Well, I've, I've actually gone for Tribal um, over Skip purely because I think it Skip as a as a signing is obviously. A, a superior player but I think getting in a, a youngster on loan from Spurs who had played Premier League football that was one that always had the potential to work out I think signing a, a completely unknown uh, German defensive midfielder from I think it was ADO Den Haag I'm not even sure if he hadn't been released by the time we signed him I think he came on a trial day. yeah mm. so yeah Tommy Triable um, so I had him ahead of Skip and then I had Kenny for longevity as well um, I agree on the Sarah point though I think I don't think, as Norwich City fans, we can sit here and go costs a lot of money. So of course you should be good because I think we've had a, we've had our fingers burnt enough times with players <laughs> who we thought because of the price tag would be would work out well. Um, but Ryan, I, I also think... I also want to sorry I also want to see him playing in the Premier League before I judge whether he's a Premier League player because I'm not I'm not entirely I, this is a this is not a very good Norwich team and I I, I think he would. I think he would struggle like other players in the Premier League that we've seen, if I'm honest. But we'll see. 
Maybe I'll I'd get like, through. You know. I'd like to see him playing in the Premier League too, but that might mean he needs a transfer. Um, Ryan, who were the who were the two centre midfielders you went with? Yeah, I went the same as Dan. I think I think Kenny speaks for himself, and I think Ollie Skip was just so good in twenty twenty one, and he's a, a player that we've not replaced since, and is the closest thing to a replacement for for Teddy. Um, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to transition further up the pitch now, because in my fluid four two three one, I do have. Mario Vrancic and Gabby Sara as two of my more advanced midfielders and uh, no prizes for guessing who the third is in that kind of the, the, the weird three hybrid 10 system I've got going on where they can just do whatever the hell they want to do. Uh, I'm going to guess it might be Emi Buendia. Um, that's <laughs> also who I had. I've really shoehorned these two in, but I've gone Vrancic AML, which is a terrible position for him, but I couldn't find any other way of fitting him in. And Marco Stieperman as as the in the number ten role. Those those are my three. Dan, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, Emmy. Of course, there's really not much competition for Emmy there either. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, fingers crossed, Fastnacht uh, really develops. Um, <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be Steepy there. He was uh, absolute yeah. driving force in eighteen nineteen, and I still don't think we've ever really replaced him in that role. Um, and on the left, well, this is difficult on the left, and I, I understand why you've shoehorned Vrancic then, and I quite like that idea because it's really—I mean, it, it's Onel Hernandez, and he doesn't really deserve to be in a best team, I don't think. But that eighteen nineteen season, he was an absolutely fundamental part of that team. Played really well, assists and goals. Uh, was the only sort of direct attack. Well, him and Sieperman, only direct attacking threats we had. Um, hopefully, Sains may become good and. Uh, and replace him there, but we've had so much garbage on the left of the four of the front three <laughs> or four that uh, Onel's probably just about got in there. But I understand why you'd you'd want to get Mario in as well. See, I've uh, yeah, I've got Emmy, Steepy, and Onel as my three. Onel um, probably for longevity, you know, and value of the signing. But now I'm looking at it, I have got Ollie skipping brackets. I mean, the issue with Ollie, as I said earlier, is he he created basically a 20 million quid problem at the end of his loans fell when they got promoted. <laughs> so I'm holding that against him, but actually now I'm tweaking it and I could, I could slip Ollie next to Mario in the two midfield roles and I could push, I could push Kenny or I could push Mario up into the three and drop an L. So, um, an L's hanging by a thread, but, um, Steepy and Emmy, I think are definitely there. Yeah, I think Onel, unfortunately, has kind of lived long enough to see himself become the villain compared to Mario, who kind of got out at the right time. So I am, I think let's, well, if 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 people are happy with this, I think Ollie Skip and Kenny McLean had the majority there um, of mm-hmm. the DMs. And then I, let's let's go Emmy, Steepy and uh, Onel Hernandez as our three. They, they were the stars from 1819. I'm not even going to entertain the idea that anyone would have gone for anybody else <laughs> if anybody has gone for someone other than Tamey. Orton Rhodes, oh. <laughs> I mean, Dennis Raveni was a hit, right? So uh, he's, he's, in, he's in the picture, but it's got to be. Those, those times we used to stick Tim closer up top uh, when we were trailing with 10 minutes to go, there were good times <laughs> as well. He's a very effective striker. <laughs> Unfortunately, not assigned by under Stuart Webber, otherwise would have been a shoe-in. Um, so basically, yes, the largely the 2018-19 team um, with, a, with a couple of others thrown in. Um, I feel like we're going to have more discrepancy over the worst team. Mm-hmm. Um, starting in goal, where there aren't that many candidates, I don't think. Ryan, who did you plump for? 
Um, it's a, it's a strange one because I I've, I have a strange relationship with this transfer because I've gone for Ralph Furman, but my issue is is that I I'm in the camp that as odd as it sounds, the transfer was weirdly a success because it essentially turned Tim Krull into one of the the best goalkeepers in the Premier League for 1920. And I think it gets lost on a lot of, a lot of people just how good Tim Krull was that season to perform at such a level consistently when his defence and everything in front of him was chopping and changing all the time or just wasn't um, good enough at all. And you think of the, the, even the loan fee that Norwich would have paid for Ralph Furman, which I'm a guess, let's say hypothetically it's a million pounds. You're essentially then paying a million pounds for a, a top, top Premier League goalkeeper for that, that season for what it's done. But in isolation of how much he played and what he offered or what he didn't offer in this case, I, I'd say it, is him not least because the loan was obviously cut short but then you look at who he's up against for this as well and it's either George Long or or your Nyland who have, <laughs> uh, which kind of speaks for it, it, itself really but it, it, yeah I think just for the, the the hype he also came in with I think Ralph Fairman is my is my shout well I've gone George Long because I think Fairman did what he sort of as you said Ryan what he came in to do and but I think we need a good goalkeeper now and George Long doesn't seem to be it. Um, I may have gone in too early on that, but he is probably the worst goalkeeper we've signed under Weber. Don't know if anybody else. Well, bear, bearing in mind, you could have still had the uh, goalkeeper in our good eleven in this squad. <laughs> you know, he wasn't out of contract. They sold him in the summer, so mm-hmm. you know you've literally replaced Tim Krul with with George Long. I've got George Long in there as well. The thing about Ralph Farman is, I I think he uh, if if he doesn't get a hamstring injury at at Selhurst Park, you know, he could, I think he definitely mm. had the quality to have just actually been Norwich's first choice goalkeeper for, for a while after that. Um, as it happens, uh, Tim, Tim, that was the outstanding season. He was player of this player of the season, wasn't he? Which you may have already said, sorry if you did, um, Ryan, but yeah, so I've gone uh, George Long as well. So Dan, uh, I have gone Farman, but I'm, I'm going to change my mind now to George Long. I mean, I'd probably still rather have Michael McGovern than George Long, based on his uh, early impressions of him. Is he, our, is he our only current player um, or, or recent signing in either of these teams? For, not well, for me. Um, oh, well, not for Dan! Yeah. Yeah. What, a, what a start. Our, our current number one is the worst goalkeeper that we've signed. Uh, what, a, what, a promising, uh, what a promising outlook we have. Um, shall I, let, let's go centre-backs again um, before we do full-backs, because again, I feel like, for me, there were two obvious candidates. Dan, any, who, who did you go for here? Well, I, I went for Franco, which I imagine we've all gone for. Um, yeah. And uh, who, who, if any of us were, I was there at Millwall when he played his last game. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, re- I mean, he, to be fair to him, Russell Martin looked worse than him that day. But um, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a rare miss, I'd say, from one of Farker's uh, mm. uh, signings, um, which I believe it was. But I've, this, is, this isn't really based on what he's done so far this season, but I've gone for Shane Duffy for the Michael Bailey Ooh. reason of a three-year deal for a man of his age and his... Uh, obvious slowing down is is probably going to cost us in the long run. But yeah, That's not really a, a fair reflection on his cut. I think he's probably been much maligned in a system that doesn't really suit him and doesn't really suit any of our centre-backs, to be honest. But I think that three-year deal uh, could be a bit of a killer for us. But, you know, 
uh, interested to hear who, who you guys have gone for. I, I like that you've hung it on the sporting director rather than the player himself, that's, 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 which is probably what this should really be, isn't it? <laughs> I, um, my other centre-back was Ozan Kabak, um, which, I mean, I think he's a cracking player. He's playing in the German top flight. It just, just did not work here. Which I mean, is a real shame. I was really I, excited about him signing. I thought it'd be great. I wasn't, and I don't think he's a cracking but, player. He was relegated yeah. three seasons in a row, and he was 21 years old, and he was supposed to come in and save our defence. I never had any hope that that would work out, and it and it surely did not. So mm. I am quite, I'm quite adamant that Kabak deserves to be in this team because I just don't think he was. He's a great centre back, and he shouldn't have been playing for us that year. I, I I think in the in the lead up to the the summer I in you know the the conversations you have with your mates at the pub about signings and whatnot I remember Ozan Kabak coming up in that conversation of yeah it, ironically like permanently or loan to a permanent because he's got you know the he's a good age and he's he's been at Liverpool and he's played top flight football for the last three or four years and why wouldn't you take a punt on him and we sadly found out why he wouldn't take a punt. <laughs> on him and he is my yeah my center half with Marcel Franca. No no one's gone for Sean Raggett then who <laughs> one of the rare one of the rare young misses that Stuart Webber made early in his uh, era at Norwich City. Yeah, I I he was in my list but for me he was that much cheaper and mm. I didn't feel I, I mean it was pretty spectacular pick in terms of him within 20 minutes not looking capable of playing out from the back and it's like literally why so there's a shout there but i mean he you know he's gone on and shown he's a decent center back for his level um, and yeah he, they're probably the weird weird one could have gone in could have gone in he did score didn't he score uh, the winning goal in a to get non-league link into an fa cup quarterfinal as well so uh while he was on loan from us so just for that alone you know he deserves uh deserves, put some respect on the name of sean raggett um full backs right back uh ryan do you want to take this one first yeah, sure. I um, I very nearly tried to shoehorn Ben Marshall into this area because I think he played there for a few a few games. Um, just for the money we paid for him and seemingly his wages and the the big rep he came with to only then be on the bench from September onwards and then got released literally a year later. But I have ended up going with Felix Paslak because I feel like Marshall is more of a a winger and Paslak sort of came in played in the cup against Stevenage and wasn't really, bar a few cameos, didn't really do anything. And again, that's, that's to Max Ahrens' credit as much as it is anything else, but he's another one who came in with such a, a high reputation and just whenever he came in, didn't look um, at all really up to the, the level, which is a shame given that he spent his years in Dortmund's academy, but he never really uh, showed that that promise. So I've gone for Felix Paslak. Yeah, I've got I've got Ben Marshall at right back for the same reason with Bali or obviously counter to it, which is that they bought him playing him at right back and he's like, Well, I'm not really a right back, but that was where definitely where they wanted to play him. And then they never really did, and he never looked comfortable. And obviously since we've pretty much found out from him that he kind of just didn't want to move and didn't really fancy it. And it's like all that great due diligence they go on about how they check all the characters and all this sort of stuff i mean well they you know didn't get it right did they so that just didn't work and and didn't work for anyone and um it was such a great experience that he basically retired from 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 professional football Mm. uh but i did also have brandon williams there as well because he was supposed to be a right back and then obviously never really played there and um 
I quite like I quite liked him. I thought he was one of the more capable ones in the Premier League season. But then the way it fell out and everything that sort of happened since, which is quite funny, um, he sort of gets an honourable mention. But I, I think Ben Marshall is probably my first pick. I went Marshall as well. Uh, I think Paslak may be suffering from the Ralph Fairman issue of just not being able to get in. I mean, I suppose the same could be true of Ben Marshall as well uh, of no, that season. No. Uh, but I, <laughs> uh, I think you're right. The fact that he ended up in non-league, uh, probably quite damning. Uh, Dan, you look like you had Marshall as well. Yeah, I went for Ben Marshall. He was never going to get in on the right because we had Emmy. Um, he played, what, 20 minutes or 12 minutes or something against Portsmouth there in the FA Cup. Hanley got sent off, and so Marshall had to go back to right back <laughs> after that. Um, and so, you know, it's a bit unfair on him, but yeah, he, yeah. Uh, I didn't want to put past Lack for that reason that he's, um, well, he barely played and barely got the chance to show us what he could do. Again, I think I think, I think think this just shows the consistency of Max Aarons, doesn't it, that nobody else really has had that much of a look in. Um, left back, Dan, I'll come back to you on this one. I, I thought it would be funny to go Brandon Williams just because of what's transpired, but I didn't have him in the end. I We may have had the same person here, I think. OK, uh, I don't know. I've gone for in a very tough field, <laughs> really competitive, <laughs> this left back slot. Uh, I went for Heiser for the, just for the Ooh. weirdness of the signing. I think it just it kind of wasn't needed. He didn't seem to want to be here. We didn't seem to want him. Um, but he was, he was very much pushed close by Sam McCallum, who I think's been a waste of money. The mm. amount of money we spent on a sort of on a left back we didn't really need. Um, and I imagine maybe some people have gone for James Husband, but I feel he is slightly maligned actually in a pretty struggling team. I thought he was. Uh, I thought there were worse players that season than than James Husband, but you know he probably didn't put. He didn't. He probably didn't do himself too many favors. But um, uh, by the way that you're nodding, Steve, uh, it looks like you may have gone for him. Yeah, sorry, I wrongly thought that you'd have um, hung James Husband out to dry as well. I just thought <laughs> League One player when uh, when he arrived and he didn't do anything to dispel that. And um, I think it was quite an obvious upgrade when Jamal Lewis came in there. Um, Michael, which of the many left back candidates did you land on? Yeah, Philip Heiser for me. I agree with pretty much everything Dan said. And Ryan, uh, this question caused me an existential crisis because it made me it made me think: Is it better to be remembered for being rubbish or just not remembered at all? And <laughs> I say that because I put James Husband as my pick and then went through the list and then forgot completely about Philip Heiser. Um, but I, I'm going to stick with my guns. I agree with you, Steve. I think James Husband for, for me for similar reasons. We have a 50-50 split. Um, maybe they could play a half each in kind of Dimmy and yeah. Ulyss style. We could hook one of them off at half time. Nice. Great. Um, Centre midfield. Uh, I mean, again, as well as it being a great uh, area for good signings, it's also quite a good one for not very good signings. Maybe we've just signed a lot. Michael, I mean, I've I've got two there, but um, I, we, I could easily have more. So um, how, what formations yes. do you go with? And I'm guessing Dan's got three here. If we're going to start venturing into four three three, yeah. aren't we? My, mine is four two three one. I've got um, uh, was it Ibrahim Amadou? Is that his yes. first name? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I completely his first I name. I think automatic um, pick if you can't even remember yeah, his first exactly, name. Yeah. You just go straight um, in. I liked him. Mm. <laughs> I thought he was a good player. The problem is mm. they seem to buy someone that or bring someone in that Daniel Farker didn't really want and didn't really trust at all. So therefore, he never played. And that strikes me as a bad signing he did play um at center back in the man city win um 
And so I, I think he had a lot about him, but a bit pointless if your head coach doesn't want him. Um, I've written a brackets next to Isaac Hayden, um, which again oh, is possibly yeah. a bit unfortunate because I kind of like that signing a lot. It just, you know, injury, fitness, completely derailed it all, which was a real shame because I, I think he would have been close enough to something they really needed. Um, but not in brackets is Billy Gilmore because um, that was not the signing they needed when they wanted him. Um, I think that maybe is probably more on Daniel than Stuart, if I'm honest, with the process of that. So this is probably a bit harsh on, on the old uh, SD. But uh, there he is, <laughs> sat there getting pressed by all the opposition and losing the ball. <laughs> Poor Billy. <laughs> Dan, got, who, who are your three as you've... Uh, as you've I've, gone for, I've gone for three. I have gone for Hayden because, and I, I, again, I quite like the signing and his first sort of five or ten minutes when he finally came back, he looked, well, this is, this is going to transform our season. And then, then you realise that those first five minutes he played for us were probably the fastest he ever moved uh, on the Carrow Road pitch or in, a, in Norwich City Colours. And he just seemed to just start running through treacle. I swear it started go, like going black and white like an old 1920s movie at some point. He was... Um, he was immo he was he's the most immobile footballer i have seen at a professional level i think uh, bless him because you know injuries and we had so many conversations about how he was going to save our season and then we yeah. saw him move, yeah, yeah. um i've gone for billy gilmore as well again it's not really fair on him and as michael says uh what we should point out actually quite a few of the players in the best signings are really daniel farker's signings um so it's only fair to say that uh, i do believe that gilmore was a farker very much a Farkas signing. Um, but the bloke, had, the kid had played like, was it fewer than 20 matches, I think, yeah, when we signed him yeah. in the Premier League to run our midfield. It was it was absurd. It was pretty horrible what ended up happening to him in terms of the abuse he got, etc. Um, and it's quite nice to see him doing OK uh, for Brighton. Um, and the other one is Matthias Norman, um, because he basically stopped giving a, an S uh, as soon as it looked like we weren't going to get anywhere near to staying up. He looked like a decent player. He'd been scouted by some good clubs like Brighton and Hampton, I think. But um, yeah, it, it did not seem his heart was in it. So yeah, Norman Hayden Gilmore is my three horror show in midfield. <laughs> what a yeah, horror. Um, that is a horror show. You've just reminded me that, yeah, I mean, Christoph Zimmerman was basically signed as, oh, it'll, it'll be nothing more than a fourth choice centre-back. <laughs> but obviously Daniel loved him and then off he goes, but. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Ryan, who did you go for? My two uh, sitting are Ibrahim Amadou, uh, and I've also gone. I've gone a bit of it for a different flavour. I've gone for Pierre Lise Malou as my second eight, only because I feel whether you can again attribute this to Billy Gilmore or the sporting director or whatnot. I feel like he was very much misused. Um, and wasn't the player Norwich were looking for. I don't think that's necessarily his fault. But again, that could constitute a bad signing. But I feel like P uh, Pierre Lisbelou was brought in to do a certain job, was played as such to do that job, and just didn't quite deliver. So he's my my second eight. I think that's fair. Um, I have also gone for Amadou, so I think he's probably nailed down the centre midfield place he never managed to get when he was here. Um, and I've also gone for Matthias Norman, who I think I, I, I've had a bit of a rethink on, on Billy Gilmore, who I just think was signed to do a job he never he never could. Norman had the attributes to be a really good centre midfielder for us and just as Dan said, felt like he just threw in the towel by the end. He was supposed to be the saviour that season, similar to the way Kabak was supposed to come in and save our season. Um, and really just thoroughly, thoroughly underwhelming. Um, but you see, that's why 
it's uh, on Norman that he wasn't bothered, but Gilmore was the bad signing. You see, yeah, and yeah, I think we uh, I, I've sort of come round to that idea more and more that Norman was the guy who really underachieved that season of those two um, wingers. Uh, I have well, I'll, I'll, I'll take this one and see if um, I get general nods. Jolis and Rashica, um, I feel like they, to me, those two come as a pair because they were signed in the same summer. They both cost a huge amount of money. Um, and I just basically wasted a huge chunk of that Buendia money on two players who couldn't really play in that position and didn't have didn't have the necessary quality. Um, Michael, you're doing your sceptical face. So. <laughs> no, I just, I'm looking at my team. I haven't got Jolis in it. And I really? to, no, and I'm trying to work out why not. Are you I okay? I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> because you're right. No, I mean, as soon as you like, it was a huge amount of money, and it was a ridiculous. The guy had barely played in front of a crowd, and he's played now um, under three managers, been tried by three three different Norwich City managers, and never never <laughs> done it. I suppose there's just this. I suppose I have this underlying feeling that it. He thought there were times when. I, I, yeah, I think what I feel like is that there were times where he did really show up and he kind of got undone by what the head coach did, if I'm honest. So, like, if you take if you take the Jollis that played against Bournemouth on his debut, you looked at that and gone, yeah, fair enough. So, I I don't know if it was the... I don't know. It's, I haven't I, seen I, it I, I haven't then. written him down. I haven't, I haven't put him down here. And I guess that's why. So who I, I, I haven't either. Sorry, I feel like I should get that in. I, I haven't got Jolis either on the basis of there's a player in there, you know. <laughs> Very different to Rashika. Like Rashika, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but, it, you know, that that was just did not work. And that was a real shame, but, you know, nah. So you have Rashika well, and... Rashika. 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 Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, Rashika. And then I've got Patrick Roberts. Because mm -hmm. that was um, that was someone who was not capable of playing in the Premier League, and he was bought as a Premier League player, wasn't he? Just ridiculous. Uh, and then on the other side, yeah, you see, probably should be Jollis, <laughs> but I've got Marley Watkins. Um, but then he was only a free, wasn't he? And they sold him for a million quid, so actually that's not that bad. And Marcus Edwards, oh yeah, Marcus on Edwards. loan, but again, he's like playing regularly in Europe for Sporting, so uh, you know. Maybe it, it should be maybe it should be Jarlis in there. I've I've also got Marquinhos in brackets. Oh yes, Dan. Well, just just Marcus Edwards remind me of Stuart Webber getting things right because I remember him saying to me when he signed him, uh, when we signed him, this is a punt. He'll either end up playing Champions League football or completely disappear. And he's kind of done both. Done both. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on both. Um, <laughs> I have. So who did I go for? So I went for Cholis and Rashica. I did have Watkins rather than Rashica, but crossed Watkins out and put Rashica in. I feel there is a player in Rashica and he's proved that elsewhere, actually. So that's yeah. almost more disappointing in Cholis, who, although he, you know, he ran and beat a few people against Bournemouth, uh, he does not look like, and he's very young still, but at, at Norwich, he does not look like he can be coached particularly easily. And hopefully that he'll that will come. Um, so yeah, those two, obviously, there's Plajeta in there as well. There's uh, Marquinhos, Patrick Roberts. There's all sorts of uh, uh, people who can easily slot into the worst team on the left, unfortunately. Imagine having six wingers and Cholis still not being uh, in amongst, still not being good enough to be in the top six of this squad. Um, Ryan, so you don't have Christos, but you do have... 
I, I have meal at Rashid's on the left-hand side. Mm-hmm. And on the right, until about 40 seconds ago, I had Marley Watkins. And then I, rem- I remembered that Tottenham apologised for the Marcus Edwards loan. So I kind of feel like that's that's a damning indictment in itself. But if you know, you know what, I'll stick to my guns because I think as much as that is the case, I feel like Marcus Edwards didn't play a great deal. So I'm going to go with Marley Watkins because I think he scored once in the Carabao Cup and then two footed someone at Reading. And that was literally the, the extent of his Norwich career, although they did profit on that somehow. So they profited and he scored an amazing goal against Brighton in a preseason friendly. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've shoehorned Watkins into my AMC, even though he's blatantly not, but I'm not really sure what he is. I've also gone a possible Andre Duda there. That feels a little bit harsh, but um, he, he wasn't really any good. Was he? Um, that is harsh. Another yeah. one who looked great against Bournemouth when we first saw him. <laughs> like Cholice. I think I think I think you can lay a bit of blame for a COVID pandemic happening a couple of weeks into his loan in a foreign country on that one. Yeah, well, now you say that, it makes me look bad. Um, <laughs> and we have, I, I think, we only have room for one striker. Um, so, which of our non-scoring signings? Oh, have we have we covered? We've covered all all other midfielders. No, well, oh, sorry, no, I, I, I mean, we Sorry. we uh no no my my I look dreadful now my AMC was Andre Duda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you monster, oh, you man. absolute monster. Oh hey, hey again, there's there's a player in there just didn't particularly yeah. particularly show it. Can, but can I point out someone who seems to have got off very lightly is uh, Daniel Sanani. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've got a signed up member of the fan club. He got uh, sent off for uh, Luxembourg yesterday after five minutes, which uh, which Um, sort of good work. Um, quickly on the midfield as well, I'm surprised that not even in the conversation, Lucas Rupp hasn't come up at all. Not not because he's necessarily was bad, but because he was is widely chastised by a lot of the Norwich fandom. I, I think the fact that Lucas Rupp hasn't come up in the best or the worst eleven probably sums up Lucas Rupp, doesn't it? I mean, exactly. I, I think never brilliant, but also you know, um, kind of not never bad enough to be in that conversation. Yeah. I, I think in that promotion season, he uh, played quite an underrated role. Yeah. And played really good more that than season. season well. Yeah. Um, I've got one place left. Have we all got one striker left? All got, got one striker, striker left. Yes. Um, mine is a doctor. Um, is it doc- Dr. Mike? It is Dr. Mike. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Josip Drummond. Which again, a little bit harsh because he scored that goal. I will always remember no, that it's goal really not harsh. Players. No, I'm not having that. Literally, it's definitely <laughs> not harsh. No, you can't say it's harsh at all. Okay, it's not harsh. harsh. It's, okay, it's well, accurate. um, okay, well, we I've accurately got Josip Drimic in. Did any? I mean, Michael has given a pretty damning account, so I don't know if anybody's found a worse centre forward than that. Possibly one currently on our books. I don't know. Yeah, Dan, you have your hand up. I've gone for Jordan Hugel, who we spent money on, uh, didn't mm. fit our system whatsoever, is not a good footballer, is technically poor, did score against us this season, of course. But um, <laughs> I think because we spent money on him, that's that's why he's got a nod above a few uh, other candidates. I mean, again, um, yeah, Josip Drimic was, was another where it was like, 
we're taking a risk on him. We don't know how fit he is. It's again, it's a bit of a punt. I mean, should you be signing a punt as a you know key striker? Oh, I suppose they didn't think it was a key striker because they had Temu. But I mean, yeah, maybe you should still mm. sign a key striker so that you're not just reliant on one player. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, the guy released a single before he scored a goal. I just you know, come on. <laughs> he also celebrated his goal in the was it the five one defeat to Villa? Yeah, yeah. 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 Didn't you didn't you pick the ball up and uh go run it back to the center circle and yeah. five went back down on. minutes? <laughs> uh well, you can't blame the man for blame the man's confidence. Um Ryan? Yeah, I have gone for um Joseph No Josip No Tomorrow Dermich is my no one. <laughs> Real Cinderella story. I assume obviously Daniel Farker's gonna be in charge of the good team. Yeah. Uh, I assume presumably it's Dean, Dean Smith in charge of the bad one. I would imagine so, yeah. No one's going to go yeah. Wagner. I no, I I I was going to go for David Wagner in oh. charge of my. Yeah, that's maybe controversial. Um, I don't. This is going to sound like a bit of a crazy thing. Now it's actually coming out of my mouth, but I don't think he's as good of a coach as Dean Smith. As much as he might be a, be- uh, a better man manager, I don't think tactically he's as good but then again it's it neither are particularly much to shout about are they so there's that i could weirdly see wagner getting a tune out of players like rashita and norman though i don't run know <laughs> i mean is there a danger that the worst team could beat the best one uh just on on reputation alone they're, they're, they're we could amazing. um we could throw alan russell into the dugout for the worst team <laughs> at least it'd be well dressed <laughs> Let's, let's do that. Let's let's give Alan Russell, who, who technically had a win percent of zero, so uh, can can be our worst manager. Yeah, it feels like an appropriate way to finish a six and a half year review about Norwich City, uh, talking about the set piece extraordinaire that is uh, Alan Russell who uh, can manage our worst 11 team. I, th- I think we summed up the best 11 pretty nicely in terms of the team. But for, for, for completion, for those who like it, um, the worst 11, I think, will settle on something like George Long in goal, Ben Marshall at right back, Frank Rinka back at centre-half, uh, a half each for Husband and Heiser, and then uh, centre midfield, something like Matthias Norman and Ibrahim Amadou, and then Jolis. Marcus Edwards, Milot Rashica, and Josip Drimic up front. Unbeatable. Well, maybe our best 11 could beat it. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to the bonus of the bonus. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with a review of the QPR game. And until then, never mind the danger. <laughs>